HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hi, this is Joe Campanelli, the host of In the Drink. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Welcome to Japan Eats. I'm your host, Akiko Katayama, a food writer and director of the New York Japanese Culinary Academy, which promotes a deeper understanding of Japanese cuisine in America. We are broadcasting live from a studio at Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn. This show is all about Japanese food and food culture. We see sushi at every deli and a supermarket, but what is beyond sushi? We hear dashi, ramen, izakaya, but what exactly are they? Japanese food is still a mystery for many people, and I'll try to, to demystify it in this program with my cool guest. Today,、uh, we are going to talk about Japanese cocktail culture, and here with me、uh, is Kenta Goto, who is the former head bartender at、uh, the award winning cocktail bar Pegu Club in Soho, and the owner of the new cocktail bar、uh, called Bar Goto, which opened in Lower East Side in July. Hello, Kenta, and welcome to the show. Yes, thanks for having me.、Yes. And congratulations on the opening of the bar, Goto. Thanks.、Okay. So,、uh, we'll talk about your new bar in a moment, but first,、um, how did you get into bartending? How did I get into bartending? Is,、um, well, first、um, part time job, just surviving in New York. Right,、That's、so you、uh, came to、uh, the US in 1997? 1997, yes.、Mm-hmm. Uh, went to fashion school actually.、Mm-hmm. Then、um, after I finished the course,、um, well, I actually couldn't get a well paid job. So <laughs> <laughs> um, that's how I got into bartending, like anybody else、um, in New York or in the big cities、um, got into.、Mm-hmm. Um, But the、um, more I did it,、uh, more I found myself that,、uh, getting into it. Then also I started meeting、um, customers, like regular customers, coming back to see me and just taste the drink that I created. And、um, I started feeling,、um, okay, maybe I could actually do it. Then,、mm. um, Yeah, I mean, that's, just,、uh, that's how I got into it. Right.、Yes. And also,、uh, I heard that your mother、uh, owns a restaurant in Tokyo. Right.、So. Yes.、Um, it's not open 
anymore. Uh, she, uh, I mean, she retired from the business, but um, that's how I spent my yeah, junior high and high school. Mm. Yeah, he was in a business for about 10 years okay. outside of Tokyo. Mm. So helping her yeah. and doing Just everything. Basically, I was a uh, garbage man. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> right. But uh, were you interested in the uh, food business? I was in, a, uh, yes, I was definitely interested in uh, like restaurant bar hospitality business. Mm. And okay. um, yeah, um, first I, I, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do in my life, but as I got older, um, I guess that was the answer for me. Mm. And probably spending a lot of time with my mother's restaurant, uh, it's definitely a backbone of what I do now. Mm. Yes. Right, and then you knew how things work there too. Mm, yeah. Right. All right. And uh, to improve your skills as a bartender, you went to work at the Pegu Club in Soho in 2007. And the Pegu Club is one of the most serious high-quality cocktail bars in the, the whole U.S. So how did it happen? How I uh, got the job is, um, first I went there uh, as a customer. Mm-hmm. And as I walked in, I just knew that uh, this is the place I want to work at. And But... Actually, I didn't have any connection to anyone who worked there. And, um, well, luckily, um, I actually came across the opening ad on Craigslist. Mm. And that's because um, three original members uh, at the bar, I mean, at the, um, the Pegu, mm. um, found other opportunities and they moved on. So mm. uh, basically, three openings were available. Wow. So I guess timing just perfectly did uh, work out for me. Right. So then uh, you met uh, the legendary female bartender, Audrey Sanders? Yes, my, uh, still my boss, but uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. So, um, you know, and eventually you worked as just one with bartenders, but you became uh, the head bartender. Right. right? So. Which was a great opportunity for me. And um, through the time at Pegu, um, what I learned is not just only like being a bartender, uh, more like how to um, taste flavors. Mm. Um, mixing drinks are not that difficult, but uh, uh, tasting, how, uh, just learning how to taste, mm. uh, that's more important so that you know uh, what to mix and how much to mix. Mm. Yes. Just simply just mixing, pouring, that's, that can be done by mm. pretty sounds much like, anybody. But. Right. So it sounds like you have to really understand high quality, you know, the spirits or yeah. fruits or all ingredients. And ingredients too, yes. Mm. And even like lemon juice, lime juice, uh, it is it is a freshly squeezed or like one day after mm. sque- being squeezed. Or everything tastes different. So mm. yes. Sounds like uh, the Michelin star chef's kitchen kind of. Maybe in the back of the house, but uh, yeah, <laughs> at the front of the house, it's a hospitality business. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Yes. Right. And, uh, well, the Pigu Club is not a Japanese cocktail bar, but I remember you often uh, created Japanese-flavored cocktails as specials. So right. maybe you can give us some examples. So um, this goes to um, what, I, uh, what I'm doing at my new uh, new place, Bagoto, too. But... Um, Personally, I feel like Asian-themed characters are um, a bit dated and 
let's say for instance like sake tingi made with vodka uh, sake and garnish with sliced cucumbers well maybe you see some like lychee martini that it's totally sugar coated and if you're not a big fan of sweet drinks most likely you're not gonna even look at it mm-hmm. so um i always feel that uh, uh, someone has to do something with this asian themed characters mm-hmm. and because if it's good i mean it should be good and it can be better that's that was my a uh, bit of frustration then mm-hmm. um so um, Pegu gave me um, just perfect opportunity to um, just improve those agents in characters. Mm. And plus, just because of my heritage and just no one else was doing it. So, um, and then, you mm. know. In oh, other words, yeah. uh, the Pegu Club uh, is flavor oriented. So um, you're allowed to experiment as far as the flavor right. is good and clean and distinctive. Yeah. You know, then um, come to think of it, I remember that Audrey was never a fan of sake tingi. That's mm-hmm. because um, sake, as everybody is aware of, um, the proof is very low mm-hmm. compared to like just regular vodka or gin. Right, sake are, is like 15, 17 yeah. degrees alcohol. So because of the difference of the proof, always kind of uh, mouthfeel and or satisfaction mm-hmm. level is not enough mm. for American palate. So um, I like to use sake tingi uh, with the help of... Um, you can make a lower-proof character by using ingredients like sake, but nice to add a higher proof as a backbone. Mm. Um, also, instead of you shake it, um, if you shake it, a lot of air goes into the drink. Mm. But sometimes that aeration can kind of kill the aromatic flavor of sake. Right. So, yeah, so um, some little small things are uh, something that I discovered mm. uh, while working at Pegu. Okay. Yes. Well, maybe uh, you can give us an example later of what you serve at the Bagoto. Um, so, so you stayed at uh, Pegu for seven years, and then you now own a rest- uh, your bar. So what did you learn at the Pegu Club? Yeah, um, yeah, addition to how to taste everything, um, how to be patient towards the people that you work with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I guess I like leading, how to lead the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Um, yes. Because uh, the bartenders, I heard that they, they have different shifts and you have end up working as a hit bartender. You, you work with so many different kinds of personalities and different kinds of schedules. Right. right. And um Pegu is one of those places that um, people come in with high expectation. Mm-hmm. So um, drinks needs to be always top notch. Mm-hmm. And um, even we have a house recipe that uh, everybody must follow to. Mm-hmm. Um, always final product, you see some bit of difference. Mm-hmm. Um, it's exactly the same drinks. Uh, exactly the same proportion, but sometimes drink its color looks different, or even like finish uh, wash line in the glass is always different. So, mm-hmm. um, but um, so my job was um, trying not to discourage anyone, but uh, just to maintain the quality. Mm-hmm. Yes, and in order to do that, um, take some 
labor of patients. Right. Yeah. And also, especially uh, on the weekends, there's no for being so busy. Yeah, so. that's another thing that um, we handle a lot of volume on, at Pegu. Mm-hmm. So, um, now just making sure drinks is good, and at the same time, you have to make sure that all customers are fairly taken mm-hmm. care of, too. Right. Yes. Okay. And uh, so while you were there, you earned uh, the Spirited Award for American Bartender of the Year at uh, the 2011 Tales of the Cocktail Convention. Uh, and the Tales of the Cocktail is the annual most recognized cocktail events in the U.S. and in the world, I think. So that is amazing. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> right. And uh, so a lot of American bartenders seem to be very much into Japanese cocktail culture lately. And could you tell us the difference between the Japanese and American cocktail cultures? Yes. Um, before that, uh, there's a huge difference between uh, Japanese bussing and American bussing. Um, it's... People in the States, um, we make tips, mm-hmm. while uh, bartenders in Japan are based on salary. Mm-hmm. And many, if, it's, if you look at the, like, only the cocktail bars, uh, mainly the ones that you see in Japan are much, much smaller mm-hmm. than what we normally see. Right. In New York, mm. so um, here maybe uh, you can have sixty seats, and in Japan it's yeah. ten, fifteen seats on yeah. average. I think. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, even s- smaller joints in New York can accommodate like at least forty to fifty people. Mm. But I think most of places in Ginza, um, in Tokyo, mm. it could be like max of twenty or twenty-five. Mm. Yeah, customers. Right. So, um, so that those are the difference first. Mm-hmm. Then, um, main difference uh, is how to use the creativity, mm. and regardless good or bad, um, any places you go in New York, uh, you see um, so the house cocktail menu. Mm-hmm. So those are menu their own creation of each bars or restaurants. And that's pretty common to see here in New York. But most likely you don't see any of those menus in Tokyo. Mm. Because um, they're more standard, cocktail-oriented? Yes, that's too. And also um, uh, the size of business is very small. Mm. So um, it's more like a bartender is the menu by Ah. talking to customers so right. what so how you doing what, what do you feel like and mm. based on the answer that the bartenders hear from the customers they're going to take it from there oh wow right. like each person get customized cocktail right anyway. so um well we cannot do stuff like that <laughs> i mean we have something we have 120 people <laughs> so yeah right. yeah so um then um yes they also uh, the the creativity. Yes, um, they use creativity to um, sort of kind of stay in the box, mm-hmm. while we use creativity to go outside of the box. Okay. So this box is um, so in Japan, they think so much, experiment so much to perfect margarita mm-hmm. or sidecar or mm-hmm. daiquiri. 
um, while we use creativity to um, go outside the box by creating, let's say, sriracha margarita. <laughs> <laughs> I just made up right now, but right. Uh, um, I'm sure it's going to be important. Yes, right? so th- those are the difference. Right. Yes. Yeah. That uh, you know the. In the box creativity, that reminds me of uh, you know the term uh, called hot shake uh, was uh, developed by uh, um, the legendary bartender Kazuo Ueda, who is the owner of the bar Tenda in Ginza, Tokyo. That's like regarded as one of the best bars in in Japan. And um, so maybe you can just talk about uh, the hot shake because it's the ultimate you know pursuit of technique and uh, standard cocktail. Right. Okay, um, first just uh, um, allow me to remind everybody that um, my bartending career started after I came to New York. So I'm not exactly the best one to talk about this. But however, um, uh, one thing I know about the person and how to shake is something that um, they spend so much time uh, figuring out how to do their best job. Mm. At the, at their own bar, right. by using the ice that they sele- uh, they select mm. and bar tools that they select, mm. so um, that's their version of perfect shake, right. and that works very well mm-hmm. uh, when you are there. Mm-hmm. But that's not something that I can easily uh, copy right. at Pegu Club. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. Uh, yeah, I mean, hot shake just basically means uh, you drive the ice inside around the shaker instead of simply back and forth, and uh, that reduces the collision between the ice and the walls of the shaker so the ice does not break into overly small pieces so the cocktail doesn't get diluted too quickly. That kind of te- technical. Right, yeah. Right. And, uh, but I happened to sit just in front of uh, Mr. Ueda when I went to Japan, and I just really intended to sit before him, and I asked him, "How do you make ice?" And it was I was, you know, one of those eight customers, and he carefully told me how he makes by hand, and it takes forever. So there's a bat, and then he just makes sure just all, all the airs are not going into, yeah. you know. So I really found it is something almost almost like a crutchman. Absolutely, yes. Right. Okay, and uh, all right, so. I think, uh, well, before the show started, we talked about, you know, the in making of martini in Japan. They to, they prepare ice, like, very complicated way of doing Yes, um, I try to go to um, um, all famous Japanese bars uh, when I go back to Tokyo once a year. Um, one thing that I, um, like, opened my eyes was, so you are escorted to the bar, and you sit, you order a martini, and um, they have these three steps. Um, so they're going to just uh, chip out uh, ice to make your martini. And um, when you chip it, freshly chip it, you see tiny, tiny bits of ice uh, sitting on an ice, chunk of ice. Mm. So they throw that chunk of ice in a mixing glass and slowly pour water mm. and start uh, starts um, stirring mm. um, lightly. And 
I later I realized that、uh, they were doing、uh, three things at one moment,、uh, one movement.、Mm-hmm. Uh, one is getting rid of that、uh, ice chips and also、um, uh, keeping cold in a mixing glass.、Mm-hmm. Then I'm also、uh, making my、uh, like、water chaser、mm-hmm. at the、uh, chilled level.、Mm-hmm. So,、um, We just use water pitcher here. <laughs> so, <laughs>、right. Some attention to details,、um, very like something that like, really wow,、right. wow moment. Yes. Yeah. yeah, people may think it's meticulous, but I think it's really well calculated. Yeah.、Right. Okay, yeah, I prefer Japanese style. Yes. So they're nice. <laughs> <laughs>、right. And,、uh, but I think other than the technical aspects,、um, I think there's more. In the difference、uh, between the Japanese and American cocktails, right? So, right. Yeah. Yes.、Um, yeah, once again, some, some techniques that you see in Japan are great, and,、um, but there's always a reason why they do it.、Um, but things that we tend to forget is、um, that's the way that works perfectly at、mm-hmm. their establishment. And that doesn't mean that we can just copy and do exactly the same thing.、Mm. And, um, but then, so technique is technique, and we should have something that works perfectly for us. And、uh, that's something that we should just、uh, work on.、It. But main difference, or like what makes、uh, not only bartending,、uh, just Hospitality service in Japan very unique and shining is,、um, I guess we Japanese say,、uh, like omotenashi,、um, like anticipating customers' needs, and you just、uh, meet the expectation or like、uh, meet the needs. Like reading a, a customer's mind. Right, yeah. Even personal relationship, we use the word omotenashi、yes. to, to make other people happy. So,、um, I guess that's the base of Japanese hospitality.、Mm. And、um, unlike restaurant,、uh, bar is more like face to face customer's business. So,、mm. like, I guess omotenashi is something a little more visual. Right.、Yes. So,、um, you know, you are here in the US as a bartender, but、uh, do you practice omotenashi? Like, for instance, did you at the Pegu or now? <laughs> <laughs>、um, I would like to say so, but,、um, but it's something very deep. So,、um, but yes, I mean. Like, for instance, do you have any.、Um, like, let's say,、um, even like when you serve a glass of water with the menu,、um, like by looking at customers.、Um, Maybe these customers don't need、uh, ice cubes in the water.、Mm. Well, that's because outside is already cold enough.、Right. Or if it's super humid, hot day,、mm. it might be a bit of nice touch to throw a slice of cucumber in uh, uh, iced water. Or, and that's because it's so humid and、right. you don't want to just give them a room temperature、mm. water.、Um, and、um, If it's your regular customers, most likely you will know、uh, the birthday.、Mm-hmm. Um, then、um, I mean, you could just prepare 
it doesn't have to be expensive, but just, you can just prepare some a little,、mm. uh, little gift for、right. them. You know. Right.、Um, And、uh, I remember you know, when I went to Pegu Club, usually I make new friends because you introduce someone in industry and you should know each other. It's kind of, you know, you didn't expect, but、uh, at the end of the day, wow, wow that was a good time. Rather than just a drinking、yeah. cocktail, I got something else.、Right. So that, that, I thought that was a motenashi. Good, yes. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, so now let's take a short break here, and when we come back, we'll talk about Kenta's new cocktail bar. So please stay with us. If I had a magic wand, Tomorrow, everyone in the world would have enough food to eat that was culturally appropriate and delicious. The planet would be thriving because all the food would have been grown and produced in a way that sustains us, both our bodies and our, our world. But man, I do not have a magic wand. What I do have is you and this radio station, the Heritage Radio Network. That's what we're here to do. We're here to help. Lead the way to a future that's more delicious, that's more fun, where we're healthier, where the planet's healthier, and we want you to be a part of that. We can't do it without you. As a nonprofit radio station, we depend on the support of our listeners. So take a minute out of your day, visit the website, and click the big beating donate tab. Throw us a few bucks. Every bit helps. We're counting on you. Welcome back. You're listening to Japan Eats, broadcasting live from a studio in Bushwick, Brooklyn. I'm your host, Akiko Katayama, and my guest today is Kenta Koto, the former bar- head bartender at the award winning cocktail bar Pegu Club in Soho and the owner of the new cocktail bar, Bar Goto. So,、um, you just opened your own bar in Low East Side in July, and it's small and it is, cozy,、yes. but It's beautiful with dark wood bar, and、uh, on the wall you find a subtle Japanese expression, which is a framed piece of your grandmother's kimono. Yes,、right? correct, yes.、So. Um, it's about like 100 years old,、uh, beautiful fabric,、mm. and it was passed on to my mother, then,、um, and she gave it to me、mm-hmm. because she knew that、uh, I was opening a bar.、Oh. Um, then again, I mean, and I, I already knew that、uh, it's not going to look good on me even、oh, yeah. if I try. So maybe I should just keep it on the f r a m e Yeah, exactly. <laughs>、right. um, so, what is the concept of bagoto?、Uh, the menu shows a lot of Japanese influence, more than, a way more than the typical. Yes.、Um, the concept is、um, good cocktails and comfort Japanese bar food.、Mm. And I guess my bar is not. Exactly like authentic cocktail bars that you see in Ginza, Tokyo. More like, I, I'd call it actually just like a nice New York bar with Japanese flair to it.、Mm. Yes. Okay, so、uh, we're going to ask you about the food too. Sure. But、uh, what kind of cocktails do you serve and、uh, what's、uh, your inspiration in each cocktail? Yes,、um, right now. Well, at least my opening menu,、uh, all cocktails are some sort of Japanese influence in it.、Um, 
what I did is um, the basis or classic American characters, uh, but mm-hmm. I added uh, sort of Japanese flair to it. So, like for example, um, so I have a martini, and the uh, garnish. I mean, olive garnish is pretty common, but um, the why you want olive is it's because it's, you want the saltiness in mm-hmm. it. Um, but I replace olive with the salted cherry, uh, cherry blossom. Mm. Uh, right, that's a very classic, yeah. traditional, beautiful garnish in Japan. Right. right. So it makes sense. I mean, I, I, I hope I'm right, but it, it makes sense. Mm. Um, you want salt, right? So, but uh, in, instead of olives, you mm. can utilize the cherry blossom right. that's preserved in salt. Then uh, once uh, flowers open, it mm. looks really beautiful too. Right. And it opens when you yeah. know the liquid is poured. It opens and you see it. Japan, yeah. Right. And it's a national flower of Japan too, so mm. it, it makes sense basically. Yes. Right. And uh, what about uh, uh, Far East Side? Yes, Far East Side is um, actually one drink that I um, kept from Pegu. Um, mm. I first created that drink about five years ago at this point. Um, but many people still ask for it. And so I just decided to put it on my uh, opening menu. Mm-hmm. Uh, drink is um, it's a sake-based, mm-hmm. uh, lower-proof cocktail um, made with uh, shiso, yuzu, and the Saint-Germain elderflower. Mm-hmm. Uh, these three ingredients, flavors get together, and it creates a false new flavor. Right. And since sake is lower proof, um, I utilize just a tiny portion of tequila uh, mm. to give a backbone to the drink. Right. So some little kind of structure mm. in it. Right. And uh, I, I found it very interesting. It's called umami Mary. Yes, that's one thing. Um, I'm a, yeah, that's one thing I'm very happy about, um, the final product. Mm. I spend a lot of time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, long story short, it's miso soup meets Bloody Mary. Okay. Yes. And why miso? That's because it's... Um, so um, that's an Eastern Ustasia sauce. Mm-hmm. I mean, not exactly sauce, but um, um, it's a re- Eastern umami. Mm. Western umami in Bloody Mary is a Worcestershire uh, sauce. Right. 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 And you have a shiitake in it. Yes. So that's another umami, concentrated umami. Right. right, yes. Right. Also, I like to use a potato vodka, not mm. just body, grain vodka. Mm-hmm. So I guess potato kind of contributes some level of umami too mm-hmm. in a drink. Right. Yes. And also you have a tomato too. Yeah, tomato and clamato both. Mm-hmm. Yes. So clamato is uh, is the um, uh, uh, shellfish. Uh, shell, uh, uh, the, the clam. Clam. Yes. Thank right. you. <laughs> <laughs> right. A clam. A Tomato. A clamato. Exactly. Right. Okay. So basically, it sounds challenging, adventurous, but it makes sense right. when you taste. It's a lot of umami. Yes. Like Bloody Mary. Okay. So. Um, what cocktail is most popular? The most popular one um, is the the sakura. The, uh, we call it sakura martini. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a sake one. martini with cherry blossoming. Mm-hmm. I guess 
it's good and also it looks good too.、Mm. And now everybody has smartphone,、mm. so people like take pictures. And the next thing, just people just already people seem to know that they, they are what they want to try okay、uh, from the picture, right? Instagram,、uh, right? Kind of, so、right. definitely Sakura Martini, and also、um, I have this、uh, Tom Collins、mm. made with、uh, Yuzu and Caru Pico,、mm. like non alcoholic. Uh, light yogurtish、uh, flavor. Yeah, so Calpico is a、uh, Calpis and Calpico. It's a very, you know, the private brand name, but、right. everybody has a memory with it. Exactly. If you're, if, if you're born, raised in Japan, you know it. Yes. Right. Yeah. Like,、uh, yeah, lactic and sweet,、exactly. concentrated.、Yeah. And you just dilute it. So, yes.、And、so it's Tom Collins, but sort of kind of milky,、uh, citrusy. Refreshing Tom、mm. Collins,、mm. uh, and yeah, that seems to be very popular.、Mm. And Far East Side is doing very well, right?、Um, right. So,、um, why do you think people like Japanese flavors in cocktails? I guess more people are used to、uh, trying like Japanese food, not just only sushi,、mm. uh, ramen has become huge popular, right. And I also noticed that this goes back to my Pegu time. My first year at Pegu, and you compare to my last year at Pegu, which was 2013,、I'm, I could see that more people have been to Japan. And,、oh, okay. uh, yes. Some, some of them even live there, the business occasions, even like,、uh, vacation.、Mm. Um, like, Like、I think I don't know the exact number, but、uh, I'm sure that number has、uh, skyrocketed.、Mm, yes. right. Actually, I saw the statistics、um, that by the Japanese government and、yes. you know, tourism、uh, organization,、mm. and、uh, the top reason that people go to Japan is food and beverage. Yeah. So that okay, makes yes. <laughs> right. Okay.、Uh, so, what kind of food、uh, do you serve at Bagoto? Right. Uh, so, uh, the concept is、uh, I mean, the base is bar food. So,、um, although I kept my、uh, food menu small, but still you see、uh, like、chicken wings, French,、uh, French fries,、uh, celery sticks.、Right. French, but that's gobo、yes. fries, right? right? So it's like a bottle、uh, exactly. of food. So, what I did、uh, with my、uh, friend, who's、uh, uh, in this case is my consulting chef,、uh, His name is Kyo Shinoki from Bohemian.、Mm-hmm. Right, Bohemian is a, it's a kind of a secret restaurant, and you, you need to go in there、uh, by a friend's referral. Right? You have to know、yes. who you've ever been to. Well, you can just call him, but that's、oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> directly, somehow. <laughs> yes.、Right. Uh, yeah, so、um, basically, I asked him so here's my concept bar food, but needs to be all painted over Japanese way.、Mm-hmm. So,、um, He, he got it. So, back to the French fries. Instead of using uh, potatoes, uh, we decided to go with、uh, gobo burdock roots.、Mm. Um, inst- so, it's more like a chunk of fibers, not a chunk of starch. So,、uh. that's, little, that's actually a bit healthier, too.、Right. And,、um, it's healthier and yeah. more flavors, too.、Right. There are some chicken wings. I mean, that's like any birds have it. And usually, chicken wings accompany with the celery sticks.、Mm. But celery sticks are 
almost like looked down that no one really do anything <laughs> with it. Right. And so I just decided to maybe why don't we just separate it? Why don't we just sell chicken wings wings only? And okay, let's do something about um celery. Mm-hmm. And so um we decided to just add old Japanese flavor to it mm-hmm. by adding sesame oil and red shiso flakes, like Japanese mint flakes, and um, uh, salted kelp, the seaweed. Mm. So um, it's veg. It's I mean it's celery, so it's vegetable, but at the same time, sort of kind of that's sort of umami ish right. and seafood ish flavor to it. So, mm. yeah. so those appetizers sounds like uh, almost the same kind of be. Reconstructed yeah. way of classic American, right? As cocktails and food, um, but I think uh, you know the main big part of the menu is uh, okonomiyaki. Yes, right. And, um, so, yeah, that's what uh, my mother uh, was doing in a oh. restaurant back mm-hmm. in Japan. So I always wanted to do okonomiyaki. I mm. uh, just didn't know how until I opened uh, my bar. Um, so I'm. Um, um, we offer uh, five different uh, toppings. Mm-hmm. Um, one is oh, m- by the way, the yeah. okonomiyaki. Uh, it's a pancake, Japanese side pancake. Yes, when you Google it, like, they usually say like, savory cabbage pancake mm-hmm. or some Japanese pizza. But um, I guess in New York, what I notice is it's kind of kind of cross between of uh, quiche, tacos, pizza, like lasagna, or like. Right. Frittata, <laughs> kind of everything all together. <laughs> so, I guess people. I mean, you don't have to born and raised in Japan to enjoy okonomiyaki. Mm, um, it's ultimate comfort. Exactly. Food. So, um, so yeah, probably that's the reason that um, many people come to my place and enjoy okonomiyaki. Mm. Yes. So, what is the classic okonomiyaki? Yes, uh, the one that we call classic has a little bit everything. Meat, cheese, seafood, veggie, all together. Mm. And the other four is pretty much one direction. One is meat-oriented. Mm. Uh, the other one is all about cheese, all about seafood, all about veggies. Mm. Yes. Right. I see the grilled cheeses, cheddar, parmigiano, grill, beach mushroom, sun-dried tomato. So, um, you know, okonomiyaki doesn't sound like real Japanese, but uh, it's actually, it has a history in Japan. Since uh, the beginning of the, the late 19th century, mm-hmm. when uh, the Japanese uh, people decided to open the country after 200 years of isolation, I see. Sakoku, yeah. right? So, yeah, but you kind of expanded that variation in a more American style mm-hmm. at uh, Bagoto. It's great. Um, so, um, in other words, it's kind of izakaya, if you see Bagoto yeah. as a co- yeah. but yeah. fine cocktail. Is exactly. So, um, um, get to the point. It's I guess it's a kind of cocktail izakaya. Mm. That's that's what uh, my place is. Right. Yeah. But it's very sophisticated ambience, yeah. I have to say. So, yeah. First, I was kind of hesitant to say my place is izakaya because it's really not authentic, mm. traditional izakaya. Mm-hmm. Um, I I only have ten items on the food menu, while authentic izakaya has like close to 100. Right. So, <laughs> so I just don't want to like, disappoint um, right. anyone who kind of mm. 
you know. Yeah, well, I think, uh, yeah. yeah, you created probably the new category. Right. Right. Okay. And by the way, in Japan, cocktail bars are a lot more formal than here in the U.S. Yes. So how do you describe and what's a tip? What are tips to enjoy? Yes. So um, their venue is, let's say, average of 20 customers' capacity, while they have at least two or three staff. Mm-hmm. Um, they are ready to take care of you from 1 to 10, from the moment, even like even right before the moment you step into the establishment to even uh, after you pay, you go, you walk out of the establishment and they are ready to even find a cab for you. So, um, wow. so it's all, it, it's kind of like almost like 11 Madison Park mm. um, hospitality. Uh, I'm sure they study that kind of stuff too. But, um, so they are professional when it comes to hospitality and service. So um, you should let them. And at the same time, um, it's a very special place. Um, this is something I want to advise to my fellow bartenders in New York. Uh, you guys need to dress up mm-hmm. when you go to a cocktail bar in Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just cannot go there with a jeans and a hoodie. <laughs> right, because uh, bartenders yeah. wear tux- tuxedos sometimes, yes. right? And bow ties and yeah. Right. Okay. So and then they're not usually a part of a restaurant. There's almost nothing like exactly, that exists. Yeah. They they go for the sake of going to a cocktail bar. Right. So. Um, it's it's a very special experience. Mm. So I okay. like you to dress up when you go to Eleven Madison Park. Mm. Um, you might want to just dress up and just uh, enjoy that special moment. Right. Okay. Uh, so I have endless questions, but I think we started to wrap up. So what's your plan next? Um, yeah, hopefully... <laughs> Hmm. Well, I don't know yet, but uh, I just want to make sure that my first one is going to run smoothly. Then, uh, yeah, eventually um, I want to open a second one, uh, maybe somewhere in Brooklyn. Mm. Yes. Right. Or maybe eventually in Tokyo, maybe? If any opportunities, yes. Kyoto would be nice. Yeah. Ah, yeah. right. Well, well, keep me posted. <laughs> keep us posted. Yes. Come back. All right. So uh, thank you for joining us today, Kenta. Thanks so much. And uh, I'll see you at the Bagato soon. Great. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so listeners, if you'd like to know more about the Kenta's bar, please go uh, visit bagoto.com. That is uh, B-A-R-G-O-T-O.com. And if you have any questions or comments, please contact us at heritageradionetwork.org. And by the way, we just launched a beautiful new website, so please visit our page, Japan Eats. And Japan Eats is live at 3 p.m. on Mondays and always available at heritageradionetwork.org. And today's engineer is uh, always devoted Liz Smith. So I will see you next week. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. <laughs>